Uh, hello and welcome to David Foster, Wallace and Gromit, the only officially unlicensed Infinite Just fan cast. My name is Jared, with me as always is Steve, to discuss uh, all things pertaining to David Foster Wallace's seminal classic, uh, Infinite Jest. Steve, how are you this fine Monday afternoon? I'm doing just fine. How's it going, guys? Uh, you know, I'm as ready as I'll ever be to talk about Dave Wallace and all of the all of the nuance and all the intrigue that comes along with his most famous work, and that is Infinite Jest. And here on the podcast, we are full of Infinite Jest, and we love to jest and we love to have fun. And uh, it it is a, an infinite supply here. So keep tuning in and. I think you're in for a treat this round. All right. And thanks again, everyone, for tuning in while we do our infinite best uh, right at the top of the hour. Might as well jump off and say for everyone listening last week, um, you know, our more astute listeners will know that we had uh, a little cameo in the Warner Brothers IP, Tom and Jerry. Um, that, a still from the film will be included in the show notes. We play, uh, we play Yankee Fan 1 and Yankee Fan 2. Um, really truly grateful for this opportunity it means a lot and you know what steve um you're not going to believe this because of this opportunity because of our being featured in the film we are now as of this week the 215th most popular comedy podcast in romania that's right i could not tell you who we are bookended by incredible i can tell you uh that previously i believe we were uh in the top 100 Something might have happened, but we are on our way back up, rank two fifteen. Again, most popular comedy podcasts in Romania. I would lo- truly love to know who else is on that list. This um, is incredible. But really, thanks again to the good people over at Warner Brothers, uh, and of course those in charge of the Tom and Jerry IP for giving us, excuse me, such a wonderful opportunity. Um, and thanks again, to everyone, for being so understanding of us wanting to get out, uh, out in front of that at the top of the hour. Of course. As people may remember, this is our first annual uh, Gustavo Memorial Spectacular, uh, our, our Prayers for Gustavo Telethon that we will be launching into shortly here. Uh, Steve, I'm just going to go full steam ahead. We might as well jump in. A new segment. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't want to steamroll over you. I mean, t- please tell the good people at home a little bit about our opportunity in Tom and Jerry, how you felt about it, the experience working with, with Tom and Jerry, with Robert De Niro and Al Pacini and you know everything on set. Tell them about it. Well, I gotta say, I'm just thinking about it now with uh, with with diamonds in my eyes, you know, rosy, rose-tinted glasses, and uh, you know, there's not so much to say about it outside of it is the greatest uh, the greatest intellectual property out there. It is from uh, Hanna Barbera, uh, arguably the greatest creators of all time in history. Uh, making famous famous titles that you'll all all our listeners will certainly recognize like scooby-doo three stooges and of course tom and jerry uh you know t and j are back go check it out tomandjerry.com we're in it you'll hear our voices you'll see our faces uh it was an incredible opportunity and on set you know, to actually, to finally get to meet Tom and Jerry after after knowing them, or really what feels like knowing them for my entire life, to actually meet Tom and Jerry in the flesh, it was incredible. And, uh, you know, a lot of people try to act cool about their experiences being on the silver screen. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will say it was just an honor and a pleasure. 
And we are we're celebrating Tom and Jerry this episode, and we're also celebrating our good friend Gustavo. Uh, this is the first annual uh, prayer spectacular prayer celebration where we we will spend one hour praying in prayer yes. for our for our pal Gustavo. Um, and it is frankly, it is an apology spectacular in that Jared will be apologizing live on the air to Gustavo in the flesh. It's going to be incredible, and you guys are going to love it. So stay tuned for a lot of fun and a lot of jest. Some some might say to an infinite degree. Thanks. Well, no one said I was going to be apologizing. I stand resolute in my uh, in my stance well, and my lack of apology. But we have an incredible wow. show planned for you, an incredible telethon. We have four, count them, four amazing guests who will be calling. And we even have an email from the man himself coming in live and direct from a hospital bed. We have Gustavo giving us a little bit of much-needed correspondence. Now, before we get into that, new segment alert, everyone. For all our listeners wee, out there, all, wee, the, wee, wee, wee. all the grommet heads out there, sound the alarm. I'm going to go ahead and pipe an air raid siren in right now. Uh, this is a new segment coming to you live and direct from David Foster Wallace and Grommet HQ. This is the Trend Report, the new monthly segment at the, at the top of every month. We're a little late on this one, but the top of every month will be, excuse me we'll be debuting uh, a report of all everything that's hot and everything that's not. We're talking about five categories in and out. Um, this is wow. really a product of thousands, thousands, innumerable listeners. Steve, you know what I'm talking about. Hitting our I email do. and saying, you know, I'm, I'm getting really into this. What do you think? You know, is this cool? You know what? I need your advice on what I should wear, you know, Oh, any recipes that I, that I could get my hands on. And, you know, once upon a time, you know, maybe we were a little more guarded a little more, um, you know, insecure, felt the need to gatekeep our interests. But, sure. uh, but with this platform, there's, a, you know, there's a lot of power. And, uh, you know, I, look, call me, call me Uncle Ben, because with this power comes a lot of great responsibility. And it is our duty wow. here as podcasters, as, as, uh, you know, as scions, as the most powerful voice in the podcasting industry, obviously 215th in Romania alone. Um, it's our duty to bring you the Incredible. monthly trend report. Now, <clears throat> Steve, I believe you have the trend report in front of you. So that we're do. all on the same I, page here. I do Can have you... a couple questions for you about the trend report, if that's all right. Okay, sure, sure. What I'm wondering about this uh, March 2021 trend report is, is this, a, uh, is this local? Is this Seattle specific or is this United States specific or is this a universal international uh, spectacular that I'm looking at right now? This is an international spectacular. Again, we are, you know, 215th most popular in Romania. Who knows how popular we are in Brazil, obviously, with our good friend uh, Gustavo as our boots on the ground reporter um, in the UK. You know, we are a global podcast. As I said last episode, I am a global right. citizen uh, of dual, dual citizenship of Planet Fitness and, of course, uh, Earth. Um, sure. Sure. So this is this is a list for everyone to adhere okay. to, to consider, to, um, you know, really contemplate to take a, a okay. moment of of, uh, of contemplation and introspection steve sure. there are five categories in front of you can you introduce these five categories for everyone i'll inter i'll introduce the five categories after my next question i did say that i have two so i'll be asking uh question number two right now okay is this uh, along with along with my question about it being international now is this correct me if i'm wrong because i i did hear from the david foster and wallace wallace and gromit uh laboratories that this is a scientifically tested and proven 
non-hypothesis, non-theory, but actually fact trend report of what is hot and what is not. Is that the case? That is true. These are not our opinions. These are a matter of fact. We are simply the deliverers of the information. We are reporting as it is a trend report, and we are reading it to our loyal listeners. But we, of wow. course, did not come up with this data ourselves. This is lab-tested, um, you know, population-approved. This has been a, a sample size of, uh, you know, first 500, 1,000. You know, we're, we're all over the board. This is years in the making. We have created these reports. That's incredible. Well, let me just jump in and give you the five categories that I'm looking at right now. The March 2021 trend report has five categories, and those are food and drink, entertainment, fashion, activities, celebrities. Jared, can you go ahead and give us what's hot, what's not? All right. So moving forward, uh, obviously, March uh, 2021, the year our Lord 2021, for food and drink, uh, I'm going to go ahead and do out first. I think it's important that people understand what they need to rid themselves of, divorce themselves from moving into the, uh, the remainder of this month. Out, we have one pot pastas and natural wines. Gone. Done with them. The, the, uh, those are, those are, that is a food and a beverage for a simpleton. Not interested. In, okay. in French lentils and cachaça. Okay. I want to talk about a nice sugarcane sip and I want to talk about a nice, earthy, robust lentil. Okay. Good protein, good carb, good mineral. That's incredible. Now moving into entertainment out Netflix, not any one property, the whole streaming platform. Netflix is a platform gone, done, sick of it. Their original programming, garbage, their selection, garbage in the HBO original series, True Blood, running from 2000 to 24, or 2007, excuse me, to 2014. We've got vampires. We've got werewolves. We've got fairies. We've got all kinds of ghouls, goblins, critters, and creeps in Louisiana. And boy, oh boy, am I eating it wow. up with a spoon. Um, there is nothing I love more than a little thinly veiled post-Katrina, post-9-11, uh, you know, Iraq war disenfranchisement piece of media surrounding creeps and critters and ghouls and goblins and gremlins. Can't go wrong. Must see TV. Uh, <clears throat> moving into fashion out, tie-dye. Because at the end of the day, we're all adults here, you know, and if any of our listeners are children, it's time you grow up. Uh, in bandanas, color nondescript, wrap them around your head, wrap them around your arm, wrap them around your neck, wrap them around your leg, put them in your pocket, dab the, the sweat off your brow with them like a, a mechanic. It doesn't matter. Bandanas are in. Uh, for our listeners in New York and California and other places with significant gangland activity, red and blue may be out for you. I would suggest a black or a white bandana. Um, moving forward, activities. Out, weed. Whole umbrella. No more weed. Well, this, is a, this is not a 420-friendly podcast. We are extremely anti-ganja on this podcast. Also out, ceramics. That is uh, working with ceramics. Um, molding ceramics, enjoying ceramics, peon activity, couldn't be me. In, the foremost in activity, what's super hot right now, March 2021, is defending Woody Allen. Um, that is so self-explanatory. Beloved, you know, actor, writer, director of, of stage and screen, he needs our help now more than ever. Um, again, March 2021, we are defending Woody Allen. Now for celebrities, out, and I could not, I could not, be more clear in this. Olivia Wilde is out. Director of Booksmart. She's got a new one coming out. Could not give 
uh, less of a shit. Not interested. I'm sick of it. She, when she divorced my man, SNL alum, Jason Sudeikis, and broke his heart uh, for the world to see, no more respect for her. She's out. Now in, we know him. We love him. From the Howard Stern Show, Whack Pack, uh, you know, ringleader, Beetlejuice Green. Everybody give it up for Beetlejuice Green. He is our hot celebrity for March 2021. And Steve, that's all there is to it. That is the March 2021 trend report. Well, look, if it comes back from the labs, there isn't much of a way to argue with it. Although I am, <clears throat> you know, I do have a lot of questions. I don't, I don't entirely know too much about ceramics or bandanas or true blood. I haven't seen natural wine. I'm not sure, you know, does that mean I should remove my, you know, I, I toss out my Chianti's. Do I, should I dump out my Cabernet Sauvignon's? I'm not quite sure what I should do, but Look, if the verdict is out, then fine. Woody Allen, I don't, I don't know, I don't know too much about outside of the famous line from uh, what was it, Bill, Billy Jean? The famous line from Billy Jean, where he says, "I don't know what shoes to wear," yep. something like that. I think it was, I think it was Woody Allen. Yeah, that, I mean, look, like I said, if the verdict's out, the verdict's out. I don't, I don't know what, what I should. Uh, what I should say to that. Uh, and frankly, I don't know what shoes to wear. So I just ordered, I just pre-ordered on, uh, on beans.com, some French lentils. Uh, so we're going to have to see, we're going to have to see how that goes. And that is for our listeners who, who are friends of the show. That is not jellybeans.com. That's a separate website. Jellybeans.com is different from beans.com. Yes. Beans.com is where you can get your French lentils. And we just want to give them a quick thank you for sponsoring this episode. Thank you yeah. to beans.com. Thank you so much to beans.com, HBO, and the uh, Woody Allen estate for sponsoring this episode. Really could not have done this important research without you. And it really means a lot to us. Of course, uh, next week to discuss further findings on the March 21, 2021 trend report, we will have Beetlejuice Green in person, live and direct, to tell us everything that's been going on in his life uh, since really making his formal departure from the Howard Stern show. And Steve, Look, I'm not going to educate you in the same way I won't educate our listeners on what is and is not a natural wine, but I can tell you confidently you will not be throwing out your good uh, table Chianti in the, wick, in the wicker basket. That will be very much so staying on that table. Uh, but good on you for taking up our sponsor, Beans.com, on their incredible offer of uh, your first order of 15 pounds or more of any lentil uh, free with code D-F-W-A-G-B-E-A-N-S. Um, thanks again, beans.com, HBO and the Woody Allen estate. Now, moving on, I think if you're ready, we, I think I'm ready. I think we ought to get to, you know, really the meat and potatoes of today's episode being the first annual Gustavo, uh, appreciation Apology. spectacular. Apol no, I didn't say that the oh. Gustavo Rubino Ernesto, uh, get well soon. Pray for Gustavo first annual telethon. Um, now we do have an email from him, some important, some important correspondence. You can see the, the subject heading right now as of Phoenix, as Phoenix, I once again return and we will be getting to that momentarily. But first, I believe we have our first caller. Steve, are you ready for our first caller here on the Gustavo, the pray for Gustavo, uh, telethon, Memorial telethon. This is incredible. I'm ready for it. All right. This is a, an anonymous caller, I believe. Hey Gustavo, this is your biggest fan. Get well soon and I'm praying for you. 
Oh my God. Wow. I mean, the, the outpouring of support for Gustavo. It, it's endless. I'm going to, I tell you, I'm going to get worked up. I'm going to get worked up. You know, I did. Tears I said, welling up in my eyes. Before we started recording, I said, I wouldn't cry. I said, I wouldn't cry. But knowing that people out there across the world are wishing Gustavo well, it just, it means the world to us. And I know it means the world to him. Obviously, of course, each of these calls were broadcasting because they were accompanied by, that's right, the $1,500 Gustavo Memorial Fund donation. Thank you so much. Oh my God. I mean, the outpouring is incredible. We have already raised $6,000 for the Gustavo Rubino Ernesto Memorial Fund. Um, you know, let's of course wish for his speedy recovery. Steve, any words for our first anonymous caller? I just want to say thanks for the, thanks for the message. Uh, you know, we know Gustavo is torn up about the way Jared treated him uh, a couple of episodes ago, and we are waiting for Jared's apology as am I. I'm, I'm waiting just as patiently as, as all of you out there. And as Gustavo is, we're really hoping that Jared steps up to the plate for once and gives the apology as he should. Uh, as well as an apology, perhaps, not only to Gustavo, but to Damon Money, but to uh, Dr. David Del Monte, and also to our best friend, Skip, uh, for saying that they're dead to him and for saying that all he cares about is the money that we've been getting. And it has been a lot, uh, you know, the money that we've been getting recently, the offers, the business opportunities. But I think Jared does need to understand that this, this show is about the listeners. This show is about connecting with the listeners and appreciating everything the listeners do. And uh, any wish or, or reprioritizing uh, that, that puts the listeners last and money first is not the way to go. So we are waiting for that apology. Uh, and we just thank, thank, uh, thank the fans for all the support. I mean, I can already tell that the switchboard is just lighting up all these callers waiting to, to pray for Gustavo to wish him, uh, you know, their well wishes. But of course, uh, I will not be apologizing to anyone. And if I was to apologize to anyone, it would be to Skib. But I did not wish ill upon Skib. I did not say he was dead to me. We, you know, you and I both know we've been through uh, far too much with our good friend Skib Umnals of the Great White North. Uh, a huge shout out to Skib and everything he's doing for David Foster Wallace and Gromit's Canadian division. Um, really means the world to us as we've been able to establish a, a stronger foothold in the uh, Metro Toronto area. Um, you know, I think that's going to be immensely beneficial to us as we move forward with Operation Greenland. Um, now, I believe we have another caller. Let's see. Let's go ahead and see if we have another. Uh, okay, we got another caller on the switchboard. I believe this is also an anonymous caller. Uh, Steve, are you ready? I'm ready to hear it. All right, caller, you are on the air. Hey, Gustavo, wishing you the best. I'm sending prayers your way. Love you. Oh, my God. Such well wishes. So powerful. So powerful knowing that there are, like I said, people all over the world giving Gustavo their best, sending positive vibes his way. It just... The support's tangible. You can feel the support. And, you know, we know it's been, you know, Gustavo's had a tough time with the things that you have said. Uh, but that being said, hopefully you are trying to make up for it by uh, providing a platform for the support for Gustavo, support Gustavo, uh, and pray for Gustavo you know, in, in an effort to honor all the work that Gustavo has done for this podcast and for this family. And we really appreciate uh, uh, the instrumental role that he's played and will continue to play. 
I mean, you know, I wish I could, uh, you know, I wish I could apologize, but I believe, uh, you know, not to foreshadow too much, but I believe where there might be some bombshell information coming your way here uh, at the end of the first annual Pray for Gustavo Good Vibes Celebration Spectacular. Um, I don't think so. Moving on, it looks like the switchboard is lighting up once more. This actually, uh, we're being told by our producer, this is from someone named Devin. Um, Very important that he get this message across. Hey, Gustavo, I know things got a little uh, hectic back there, but I'm really wishing you a speedy recovery, and I'm really hoping that um, you recover and just get better. I hope hope you're the best, man. Wow. I mean, he said it better than we ever could, and he's right. You know, things did get a little hectic, got a little dicey. Um, Steve, give some wise words for Devin. Well, I don't have to give any wise words because Devin gave all of them that we that we could possibly have. So we really appreciate the correspondence from Devin, uh, the support that he's offering, not only for us, but for Gustavo. Uh, we really appreciate everything De- Devin does for the, for, the, for the podcast, for the family. And uh, keep it up, Devin. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks. Now, we have one more caller, um, someone who's been waiting really patiently, someone who Look, we both know Gustavo has been wanting to hear from from the very beginning. Someone who has a little bit to say about his condition, um, about you know how how he feels about Gustavo, his concerns for him, their relationship, their history. Um, and let's go ahead and just allow them to speak for themselves. This is Avery Waverly calling in, longtime listener, first time caller, and I just need to let it be known that my heart is out there for the faithful Gustavo. It's been a long time since I've seen or heard of the chap. As always, it's been only a moment since I last thought of him because he does not leave my mind. rooting for you buddy avery waverly this is sort of a sensual call gustavo will really have to fill us in now hold on now this might be now i i i've said before that we are but this might be gustavo's biggest fan what do you think of that i would absolutely say so i mean this sounds like someone who has you know been to war with gustavo uh you know lived and died and lived and died this is his longtime greatest ally Avery Waverly. Incredible. Um, and Gustavo will have Incredible. to, you know, will have to to regale us with tales of their uh, you know, their various misadventures. Adventures, right? I frankly can't wait. And I, I wish Gustavo a speedy recovery so that he can, in the same way that Avery Waverly has wished him a speedy recovery so that he might. Um powerful. Incredible. Powerful. This is incredible radio sports fans. Thanks for tuning in. Uh yeah, thank you again to everyone who's been who's been donating. The the lines are going crazy. We've got a full a fully staffed, um, you know, office suite over here at the David Foster Wallace and Gromit corporate headquarters right now. That's uh, handling donations and, and calls for the telethon. And we just wanted to. I do. Oh, yeah. Sorry, 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 sorry. Go on. I got caught up in the lag. I got caught up in the lag. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, we're just so grateful for everyone who's been calling in, donating, and and offering those positive vibes for Gustavo. You know, we we've only been fortunate to. Or we've been so fortunate to uh, to play a few of these, but we only have so much time, of course, with the podcast and uh, and with the the first annual Gustavo Rubino Nesto, um, you know, uh, vibe vibes up, prayers up, celebratory spectacular. 
Um, and just thank you again. Thank you again, everyone listening and donating and, and offering their good vibes. Steve? Yeah, I just wanted to mention while we're on uh, the numerous, or while we're discussing the numerous callers that have been calling in and the emails we get in support of Gustavo, uh, obviously in honor of the first annual Gustavo Celebration Spectacular uh, celebration of one of the biggest fans, if not the biggest fan of the David Foster and Wal- Wallace and Gromit family. Yep. Uh, but just to mention as well, our P.O. box has been full and we're going to have to forward some of this to Gustavo. Uh, but our P.O. I just checked it yesterday. You weren't there, but I brought it into the office. You'll see it. You'll see it at some point. Um there was a crate. I'm talking pounds. There was, I mean, pounds, maybe, maybe a hundred pound crate of pre-made feijoada. Oh my god. And and powdered caipirinha mix. Oh my god. And, it, and it's incredible. And it's you know, just add water for the caipirinha mix and the feijoada, stick it in the microwave. But they're pre-made, packaged in you know, the hometown, the home of sugar, Brazil. Breath you. Uh, and and that you know, goo, we got to be sending it your way. Uh, so keep keep your eye, keep your PO box open, and keep your eye out for that Gustavo because people have been sending in a lot of gifts uh, in honor of the Gustavo celebration spectacular. Really incredible. appreciate it. Really incredible. Really appreciate it. We just hope that we'll be fortunate enough to pass a few of those gifts along to uh, Gustavo himself. Uh, maybe a little care package so he might get better. Uh, just that much faster. Um, now, to maybe cap off, um, you know, this first hour uh, of the Gustavo Urbino Ernesto appreciation, good vibe, spectacular. I actually have an email here from him. Steve, you have not seen this email. You're not privy to this email. Um, I am not, this is some but I'm excited. Important, and I would say, yeah, extremely exciting, titillating uh, correspondence from our, boy in, from our boy in Brazil um, that might offer a little bit of insight into his current condition uh, and what we can... Uh, you know, look forward to hearing from him next. Again, the subject line is, as Phoenix, I once again return. Wow. Dear Jared, thank you. In today's world, it is hard to find people who don't apologize, and I am sick of it. You wished me dead, and you didn't apologize. It takes balls in today's world to be such a man, and I now have a great respect towards you. Your co-host, if he deserves the title, is one of the sissy boys who is too sensitive for my taste. Steven, if you're listening, go read some Hemingway and grow a pair. Jared, thank you for the lesson on manhood displayed on the last episode. Um, now, Steve, I can see, you can see on the screen, we have a you're welcome, no worries, and a thank you. And I believe he is deserving of all three of those. I, Gustavo, no welcome. You know, you're welcome, no worries, and thank you, uh, you know, for allowing me to put on a clinic of, uh, on masculinity here on this podcast and using this platform to really explain how men should be and how men should behave. Um, you know, not much information on, on how he's doing, you know, in, uh, in his current condition. And, and uh, if the funds that we've been raising are able to go to him and his, his good vibe recovery, but uh, you know, so powerful, so powerful to hear from someone and, and for them to offer their word of wisdom like that, Steve. <clears throat> Steve. Not quite sure what to say to that. I do my best on this podcast. I I try to do everything I can to 
make sure the, the fans, the friends, the family, mm-hmm. the three F's of life are enjoying everything and uh, having a good time and, mm-hmm. and uh, that everybody's appreciated as, as mm-hmm. listeners, as friends, friends and family. Uh, I try to make sure that everyone's appreciated and, you know, that we, that we take responsibility and that we are held accountable. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a lot of celebrations. We had our Super Bowl uh, celebration spectacular. We had our first annual Gustavo appreciation spectacular uh, as in today. Mm-hmm. The 40th episode celebration. 40th episode celebration, Halloween spooktacular. Oh, who can forget? Uh, who can forget the Edgar Allan Poe Halloween spook first annual Halloween spooktacular? Well, we have had our our President's Day, Arbor Day, and and of course Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur specials. And uh, you know we've we've gone through and and really celebrated and really really tried to to you know there's a reason we call it appreciation spectacular, and that is to appreciate. Uh, the listeners to appreciate the family, uh, no matter who they are and and uh, and what they've done. And as far as I'm concerned, everybody contributes. You know, everybody's a contributor, even if you're just a listener or if you email part of the correspondence team, Damon Money, uh, uh, Dr. Dave Del Monte, Skib, or Skib up in up in Canada or Gustavo down in Brazil. It's a real potluck uh, style podcast, you know. Any of our friends of the family, but uh, you know, I I just I come from maybe I'm cut out of a different mold, you know. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe I I come from sort of the old fashioned uh, world. And, and that is to say the old fashioned world where we take responsibility for the, for the things we do and the things we say. Mm-hmm. And when we, when we prioritize money over the friends and, and the family, the, mm-hmm. those who we claim to appreciate, mm-hmm. uh, I think we should take responsibility for those actions and apologize and try to move on and try and put our pride behind us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Look, if we're not able to do that, if we're not able to admit it, and if we have to hide behind a facade of of fake emails, mm-hmm. of of emails written by ourselves, then then fine. If Jared feels like uh huh, he needs to stage emails from our dear friend Gustavo in order to in order to justify his lack of apology, then that's uh-huh. fine. Yeah, we'll see what the fans uh, have to say when I include a screenshot of that email in the show notes. You know, it's also interesting. I was we were talking about in the boys chat. We have a we have a, a group chat. Me, Gustavo, uh, David Damonte, Damon Money, and and Skip. Which you know they were really adamant about. Don't don't bring Stephen here. He's not reading his Hemingway. He's being a sissy boy. You know, don't include him. And I said, no, you know what? You know, whatever. If you you know if it's gonna make you more comfortable, we were actually really having a good laugh in the boys chat about all the cool things we're gonna do on our side of Greenland. Uh, vis-a-vis our child soldiers and our Komodo dragons and uh, and thinking about all the really lame and uh, childish things that you're going to be doing on your side of Greenland vis-a-vis uh, a real life and livable hobbit hole and uh, maybe some big prosthetic feet for you to clomp around in big hairy prosthetic feet and a little shaggy head of hair and you you know you you're you know there's the there's the Dave Foster Wallace and Gromit group chat which is all of us plus you 
where you're talking about guys can't wait to move to Greenland. Can't wait for, you know, the NSA to back our coup so we can all be hobbits in Greenland. Everyone's going, sure, Steve, sure. Giving you the thumbs up. And I'm going, what a fucking dweeb. And you know, we're, we're over there talking about our Komodo dragons and our child soldiers. So it's just crazy that you would accuse me of such a thing when, uh, let's actually, can I, let's go ahead and share that screen one more time. Go ahead and just pop that email right back up. Let's see. Thank you for the lesson on manhood. And let's see, email. Okay, that looks like the same. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. That's just curious if you ask me. Uh, anyway, thanks once more to Gustavo for that incredible correspondence. Um, for you know a real you know you want to talk about putting on a clinic for really being able to show us what uh, courtesy, decency, and uh, and you know what a couple a couple uh, men speaking to each other looks like. Uh, also, as an aside. I really appreciate yeah, well, Gustavo sharing with me uh, his opinion on the cachaça that I picked up from Total Wine the other day. I picked up, uh, I picked up one. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you the title. I couldn't tell you the name of it. it starts with a Y. Um, yeah, sure, you bought it. I picked up a gold one, which I guess is the barrel aged one. And I had asked him, "What's better, the silver or the gold? Do you want it like cleaner flavor?" He didn't really have much of an opinion, but he did share a nice humorous anecdote that's going to be sort of an inside joke for the real heads out there. Um, again, I'm sure it was to- a real conversation. So. Well, well, I don't know what to tell you. Um, all right. Well, it looks like Steve has left. So this is officially David Foster Wallace and Gromit, a party of one, a podcast celebrating the uh, life and times and seminal work of uh, David Foster Wallace. My name is Jared. Uh, with me, as always, is my co-host, Jared. And we're going to go ahead and talk today about our uh, secondary source material, our novella of our choosing. That is right where you're talking about um, uh, Samuel Beckett's The Expelled. Well, as if I would let you have that win, Jared, I am back. Uh, like a phoenix, I rise. Like a phoenix, <laughs> you too rise. Yes, yes, yes. Like okay. a phoenix, I too rise. And I am going to take a stand against the warlord bullies of the David Foster Wallace and Gromit family. Uh, the David Foster frankly, Wallace and Gromit, sovereign state, entity, war, warlord leaders, Jared, Gustavo, Damon, David, and Skip. I well, I would I would venture to guess that at least some of them will be joining the Hobbit, the the Hobbit colonies of Greenland. I guess what you're just going to have to wrap your mind around is the sort of two state solution that we've come up with for Greenland and how we're going to be moving forward with it. Um, you know, a lot of people throughout the years have said a two state solution wouldn't work, but we're about to prove them wrong. I tell you what, incredible. I'm just washing down these good vibes with a little bit of um. Tart cherry juice and sparkling water. A little cherry, a homemade cherry type mm. soda. Are you sure it's not cachaca, which I'm sure is a real drink that you actually bought? I'm Hi sure dog. that story yeah, Hold is on true. a second. Hold on a second. You know, for our listeners out there, the nerve of some people, truly the nerve of some people. Here we have the nice wicker wrapped Y-P-I-O-C-A. Ipicio? Ipico? Mm. How do you pronounce that? Did you, let me guess, did you buy that or did your child soldiers buy that for you? Currently, I had to buy it myself. But one day, oh my God, I keep boyping. One day, oh my God, hopefully. I might have to, I might have to help myself do a little poll right now. Although the only glass I have is this with the juice in it. All right, we're doing the live on-air taste test. Gustavo, this is for you. This is Welcome the, to David Foster Wallace and Gromit, apparently an alcoholics podcast. So. Isn't this cool? Look at this. It, it includes one of those little like bar pour spouts. Well, that's crazy. I've never seen that before. 
I haven't bought a bottle like this in a long time. Also, you know what? Here's the thing for our listeners out there. I'm not really a big rum head. And I know Kachas is different. It's it's the it is a rum type product, but instead of being um what's it called? It's not it's not a what is it? It's not like a cane sugar, or I think rum is with like molasses. It's not a cane sugar byproduct. This is a it's a cane sugar juice distilled drink. So it is a little bit because Dava knows what I'm talking about. It's a little sweeter. It's got a little bit of like a tropical type flavor. You want to talk about banana? You want to talk about the islands? And look, when I take a sip of this, transportive. You know, I feel like I'm I feel like I'm in Greenland already. I feel like I'm well, catching a vibe out there with my child soldiers. All right, we're doing the first taste test. Color looking nice. Welcome to David Foster Wallace and Gromit, officially a rum bum podcast. So bums only. I mean, feeling like the rum, rum bum for real. Look, Steve, I don't know what to tell you. The trend report said for March, Kashasa is in. So what the fuck did I do? I went to the store and bought a bottle immediately. It was affordable. It was like a $30 bottle. I'm not going to buck the trend report. Oh, you're over there drinking a natural wine. Okay, now I understand where all the hate's coming from. Oh, my God. You guys are hearing this right now. In media res, Steve is not only betraying me, his compatriot, of the two-state Greenland solution. He is betraying every single listener who is adherent to that trend report. Everyone who paused the podcast and said, oh my God, I got to get a bandana. I got to get my cachaça. I got to get my French lentils. He's saying, I'm, he said, I'm wearing my tie-dye shirt. I'm drinking my natural wine. He said, I'm and making will, one of the... And I will not be defending Woody Allen. He said, I'm making a, I'm making a pasta. I got, I got some pasta boiling on the stove. I'm going to pour a little bit of that water out, pop a block of feta and some some little cherry tomatoes in there, call that dinner. Oh, as if, I don't, as if that's a oh, meal. Oh, I, as if I even do that. You know what I do? I put all the ingredients in the boiling water so it's a full, <laughs> true one-pot pasta because I'm not a baby and I'm not an amateur. Yeah, because you're addicted to poached food, bland poached food. Yeah, hi. Welcome to the only official poached food poached podcast. pasta. Welcome to the only poached pasta podcast where we create our pasta in one dish, as in we boil everything together, strain it out, and you got a full dish. Yeah, you put your ground beef in the boil. You boil the water. Then goes the ground beef. Then goes the block of cheese. Then you goes boil your, the beef your until it turns brown. And your, and your pasta. And you get that nice. I mean, look, that water is going to be crystal clear. It's definitely not going to be sinking to the bottom as all that fat and all that oil and all you that. You know what I do? I strain out my pasta dish with all the ingredients and then I drink the the strained water because I mix it with my natural wine. What do you think of that? Yeah, that's a probiotic treat right there. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh my god. I just threw up I like gagged a little bit. I just feel something coming up thinking about just drinking I put a block of ground beef in my boiling separated beef in fat. my boiling pasta water. I wait until that beef turns brown from red. I yep. put in a bunch of tomatoes until they're soggy, <laughs> big until they, soggy, until they're sloppy, all bloated and pop. <laughs> a big sloppy mess, and then I strain all the water out, drink the water separately, and I've got my pasta already. One pot pasta in a dish. What do you yeah. think of that? That's when you you turn to the camera and you have one eye crossed and you just have one big curly cue hair sticking out of the top of your head and you say, soup's on. <laughs> Dinner's ready. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's what we haven't really revealed to people is that we do plan on establishing sort of a Hills Have Eyes, Texas Chainsaw style compound in Greenland. Um, really leaning into sort of like a backwoods inbred 
you know, real no. sub subhuman way of life. The subhuman way of life, you know, they say they say in the land of the blind, the one eye man is king. No. Look, in the land of the degenerate caveman style existence that we're gonna have in the the new uh, sovereign state of Greenland, people like us, Skib, Gustavo, you know, David and, and Damon, um, of sound body and mind, of even moderate intelligence, and of course with our Komodo dragons, we will be the king. We will be the rulers. What about Avery? Avery's got to come along. Avery's got his own thing going. He's gonna. We will establish sort of a temporary housing for him, his own helipad for when he wants to visit. But obviously, he too is a global citizen. He's a you know a globe trotting international playboy. Uh, you know, little time to spend with the commoners over in the sovereign state of David Foster Wallace and Gromit. Um, Understood. You want to talk about our supplemental reading for the week? We can talk about the supplemental reading, then we can get right into Infinite Jest by David Foster Wallace. Should we, um, should we go ahead and say that next week we will be reading... Uh, I, I don't think it's, it's too bold to say that next week we will be reading yet another Samuel Beckett story to get a more well-rounded look at his uh, sort of themes, at least with these, these short stories, the yeah. stories and texts from nothing, um, yeah. which we will be reading The End which I believe is the longest of these short stories. Hey guys, uh, Steve here. Just wanted to say thanks for listening. Really appreciate all the support. Appreciate all the messages for Gustavo. We wish him uh, just a wonderful day today on the Gustavo Appreciation Spectacular. In spite of some of the things that were said, I'm sure there is no ill will uh, on either side. I learned to power through it because you know my motivation is the fans i do it for the fans i do it for the friends and the family of the of the show and i really appreciate everything that's been going on you know if i had in my way we would have an appreciation spectacular for every person who's ever listened to the show uh but as is always the case i'm overruled uh and, and, and we have to live with this. However, the reading for today was, uh, you know, we got into Samuel Beckett and it was another one of those unreliable narrator uh, type tales where we get into, get into the weeds of someone's mind, learning again in, in a scattered narration about their childhood, about their walking day to day uh, on the streets, on the sidewalks. Uh, we learn about the, this character's encounter with a cab driver who takes him around and shows him uh, help and shows him uh, uh, that, that sometimes people can take an entire day to help another. Uh, only to be dismissed as commoners. I grew sick of the cab driver mm-hmm. and this type of this type of uh, dismay and dismissal. So that's that's kind of the idea. That's uh, that's one of their narration points was this this encounter with the cab driver. Uh, and in general, we do run through this unreliable narrator, kind of a psychological type story, 
in and out, back and forth on the timeline, back to when he was younger, falling downstairs, uh, the hat that his father bought him, et cetera, et cetera. We get these kind of vignettes, these snippets of a life uh, sort of finally encapsulated with this tale of kindness on part of the cab driver uh, and the overall aloof dismissal of our narrator. Yeah. Uh, also, I think it's worth noting, yeah, we don't get a name for the narrator, but based on yeah. how significant uh, pissing and pooping his pants as a child was, I would be willing to say this is Samuel Beckett's iconic character, Skid. Not to be confused with Skib, but this is absolutely Skid of his famous story, The Expelled. Um, did you mention, obviously, you know, incredible recap, Steve. Uh, couldn't, you know, couldn't have done it without you. Did you mention how the whole story effectively takes place at the foot of the stairs? Yes. Okay. Uh, well, that it's, I, no, not, not specifically. I mentioned that it's kind of back and forth. Yeah, because that is something. I mean, the, as as far as the timeline goes, the themes are very. Um, the themes are very similar. His own life after falling down the stairs, basically. Right. Well, but then he returns to it a number of times because when he's like sure walking, it it seems as though you could make a compelling argument that the whole story is taking place at the foot of the stairs through a series of kind of little odd stories he's telling himself to distract from his own distancing himself from those around him i mean the, the themes we came up with last week were all about you know loneliness and the absurd and you know experiencing death. that decay yeah death and objection and sort of sure. social dismissal um and that's really what we have again here with like that same kind of dismissal or like disenfranchisement of this character sure. the the body horror a little less a little less overt but there is a really strange relationship that this character in particular has with his own age because he considers himself to be the superior of these children. He also considers himself to be the superior of the elderly that he's pushing down, hoping they injure themselves. I mean, this is a very self-important, very self-entitled character. Someone who is yes. penniless, who is who, who has like a little bit of money squirreled away somewhere, but effectively penniless and despondent, who because they have this hat their father gave them and because they poop their pants to such a, a, a severe degree as a child it's so much so to develop like a an almost like pious gate you know a very self-important very self-righteous gate <laughs> so much so that they can't walk sure. on the sidewalk like a normal human they consider themselves to be you know greater than them in some way greater Extremely than the cabbie. wide steps Inc incredibly such, wide. such that he's knocking other people off the sidewalk yeah that the police or are having to stop him point, and say yeah at one point he's walking in the road i think because yeah. he because he has to walk so wide with his legs spread apart because he's so tired of his his burning or sticking underwear it's bizarre how uh much of a plot point that is no i also really liked uh just in in regarding his own self-importance and his own perception of himself um the scene where he leaves money for the cabbie in the matchbook, Supposedly. walks a few steps, and then yeah. goes back and takes the money and said, you know, I don't want to steal his matchbook. <laughs> very, yeah. very choice. Really enjoying that. Um, also, the whole scene of him meeting his wife and being in the barn and, you know, making the wife uncomfortable. He takes the hat off. He's got a big boil on his head. Uh, yeah. You know, he sleeps long enough in the barn to, to think, oh, maybe I should just set it on fire. And then he goes, no, that's fine. I'll just leave. But I will say beyond just the circling there is kind of an interesting uh 
there's a, the ending the ending to it's very interesting because it seems like he is always aware of where he is as it pertains to the staircase and it's only at the end that he realizes i'm in unfamiliar territory i don't know where i am i know about where i yeah. should head and the story essentially begins again as he says like i don't really know why i'm saying this you know maybe you know effectively like, and maybe it's irrelevant maybe it's pertinent to something um hmm. but no, i mean what did you what do you think of the story on the whole or maybe maybe even less so uh that than as a, uh, you know related to um oh what's the word the uh, the comative how do you feel about these two stories together yeah i th- I think there's there's a, a bit broader of an understanding of of Beckett. If the, the more you read, you know, suspicion from last week is confirmed uh, that that uh, provided a bit more context or provided a bit more maybe style. I think the cumulative the cumulative wasn't quite long enough, and it was a bit confusing. Whereas now paired together I think these are in the same vein yeah you know in uh, in terms of who's narrating it and how and what's going on uh and really as far as my opinion of it goes I will just simply use something a couple things in this story to hearken back to some of our previous reading for the real grommet heads out there who have been listening or reading along for ages and centuries. Uh, obviously, Jared did touch on the barn burning, the option that mm-hmm. he gave himself to burn the barn. Uh, it's primarily interesting, and I think we talked about it during our episode where we t- discuss Murakami's story, novella, barn burning. That barn burning or burning barns is a kind of thematic representation in a lot of literature. Mm-hmm. Faulkner, uh, there's another famous, there's another famous, famous one, famous American author that, that has barn, burning a barn in, uh, in theirs, uh, Flannery O'Connor, uh, barn burning in The Violent Barrett Away. So this is a recurring theme uh, in some, and I'm not necessarily trying to say that there's a connection, but of course, Faulkner with As I Lay Dying, Murakami's Barn Burning, and in Flannery O'Connor's The Violent Barrett Away, all books that we have read and discussed on the podcast. This is now, I think, our most uh, run across trope, literary trope, is the symbolic representation of the barn as livelihood and burning it uh, in, also in being an act so, of destruction and right. carelessness. Mm-hmm. And being so volatile. I mean, something that is entirely sure. wood and tinder and potentially yeah. livestock. Yeah. I mean, it's a, yeah, it's very rich yeah. in potential symbolism for these stories. That's right. Yeah. Uh, for all the heads out there, barn burning is the David Foster Wallace and Gromit trope of the week. Um <laughs> No, I think I, I. It is I, the trope of the week. Yeah, it is the trope true. of the week. I think that this. So that is the first tidbit for you guys to think about. It's good that we read these back to back. I do. I um. I think that this story is a little. The narrator is a little more reliable because we get such insight into the kind of person they are. But both of these really, uh, kind of surround memory, um, 
the perception of self, and then also sort of the ways in which at certain points in our life, we delude ourselves into thinking, into, into developing either some kind of narcissistic tendency or into, you know, to, as a way of protecting ourselves. I mean, there is um, the scene towards the beginning where his father's buying him the hat. And then he's ridiculed for it because he is still a child wearing a man's hat. And he's on the playground wearing the man's hat. He's pooping his pants with the man's hat. And he's saying that the yeah. reason he's ridiculed is because they simply do not have the same finesse that he does. Sure. They are of the lesser. Despite him never really, but you know, coming from money, he has a little squirreled away, but he's always believed himself to be superior in some way. And it's sort of a coping mechanism. But I mean, the comedy is a story about coping. It's a, it's cope cranked to its uh, maybe a logical extreme. And this is another story sure. about the way memory can betray you about, yeah. Um, like I said, social uh, kind of dis disillusionment, distancing, um, you know, a dejected narrator, sort of the classic three D's of David Foster Wallace and Gromit. Um, right. But ultimately I, I enjoyed it. I think I enjoyed the calmative more because I do prefer something that's a little more openly surreal. This is more someone who, refuses to give the reader the pleasure in a concise and articulated narrative. This is more a story of someone who believes them. I mean, it's almost as if the narrator himself believes himself important enough to tell this story or that the story is important enough for someone to want to read it as opposed to it actually having this rich and fulfilling meaning in their own eyes. Whereas the comative really had that as something inherent to it, um, something inherent to the experience of kind of evading death evading your own decay um and i'm and i'm really curious to see what comes next with next with these uh beckett short stories what awaits us sure um who would this story be for talk a little bit about you know yeah i'll answer that by giving you an alternative tidbit oh another another easter egg from the story that maybe you would have noticed i would say whoever would like this would be the same as last week. I mean, yeah. it is that same kind of thematic, symbolic, and psychological, unreliable narrator, rambling stream of consciousness, back and forth, flashback, you know, like I said, uh, stream of consciousness, you know, distraction, these kinds of things, kind of the mental good, yeah. state. Yeah, the mental state of a person and the things that go on in their head. Uh, and let me, you know, as I said, someone that may, something that may bring uh, a bit of interest to people is this, uh, this, let's call it the David Foster Wallace and Gromit theme of the week or trope of the week, and that is Burning Barns. But also I have another Easter egg for you guys. Uh, to keep in mind as far as uh, looking back at old episodes go or looking back at old works. Uh, if you notice as he was walking down the street, he is told to, I believe it was, he is told to get out of the street and walk on the sidewalk by. Oh boy. Yep. The first policeman. Uh-huh. Okay. I already know where you're going with this one. And he's told not to knock people over, I believe it was, by the second policeman. Mm -hmm. Now, we didn't hear anything of the third policeman, so that would be 
Fox, right? The first two, you know, Pluck and McCruskeen, and then there's Policeman Fox. And uh, there was no third policeman in this story, but maybe that, maybe there is, that's that's what we like to call on the show, the Irish Connection. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's yeah. a, a third policeman awaiting him, much like in yeah, the comedy. These are characters trying to distract themselves, delude themselves from the reality that they no longer have a place in society, a place yeah. in reality. Yeah. And much like the third policeman, this is a character who is pursuant of the truth, pursuant of a reality that is mm-hmm. quickly slipping through their fingers, uh, at, you know, on their way to the encounter with the third policeman. Steve, I am loving sure. the I am loving you proffering the Irish connection. Love it. Love the, the Irish, Irish connection. connection. And we like to say the Irish connection is the beginning of the rainbow to that pot of gold. Oh, boy. It's just incredible. And, uh, and, and that is something that maybe one or the other had in mind when they were writing. This could be, again, this could be like a cultural thing as well. Okay. Uh, but I think that was, an, that was an interesting thing that caught my eye was specifically referencing the first policeman told me this, the second policeman told me this, and much like our story, the third policeman, the third policeman is a sort of the all-powerful but unfindable yeah. entity. Yeah. And, and keep so in mind, this, in the third policeman, kind of search. he's allowed to meet him through death. Right. And both the comedy and this, despite neither being uh, explicitly about death or about, about uh, you know, the, the post-death experience as it would be, um, there's definitely an argument to be made that in the expelled, that perhaps he's already dead by the time he hits the ground, when he's thrown out the door, when he's awaiting being beat with a stick. And, you know, he is of a certain age. Maybe this is his sort of, you know, what's Third the word? Policeman. Last grasp, DMT rambling, what have you. This is his, his guilt-ridden experience as he tries to convince himself mm-hmm. that he's been in the right throughout his life. Um, right. Kind of that last grasp. Uh, so, But no, yeah, I think that's, way, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah and I, I do want to mention really quick, uh, any dissertations or academic papers that you guys write, Mm-hmm. Uh, in mentioning that we do want a, a proper formal citation. Yes. Uh, so if you are uh, taking note of this in your academic papers uh, and writing about that, please just shoot us an email, davidfosterwallisongromit at gmail.com and, uh, and let us know and we can, uh, we can give you our preferred citation format uh, for that. Thanks, guys. All right. And it looks like, you know, we are, uh, once again, we went a little long. Um, next week, we'll be back to discuss our, our selection of Infinite Jest. We know you guys have been waiting patiently. We will certainly get to that sooner or yeah, later. Missed um, it by a hair. I mean, look, if you think we aren't the foremost literary experts, again, 215th in Romania. I mean, of course, we're going to talk about Infinite Jest just as we have a million times. We just didn't get to it today. Um, of course, Moving forward, shoot us an email at davefosterwallaceandgromit at gmail.com. We always appreciate it. Today was a rich episode of correspondence. Uh, thank you so much to everyone who tuned in to the first annual Gustavo Rubino Ernesto uh, appreciation. appreciation. Spectacular. Vibes up, prayers up, appreciation spectacular. Incredible. Um, could not have done it without you and our, and our of course, our call-in guests. Um, yeah, shoot us an email. Give us a, give us a five-star rating, a review on wow. iTunes. We always appreciate it. And uh, we'll be back next week for uh, Samuel Beckett once more. We will be reading uh, The End, 1946. You know, today, Sam was sort of a repeat offender, as we like to call him on the uh, Dave Foster Wallace and Gromit podcast. But next week, we will be first timer, three-peat offender. Boy, oh boy, can we 
not wait to talk about Sam once more to get into some of these similar themes and discuss them once more with you. Uh, as always, have a good week and we'll see you next time. Yeah.